Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. Welcome aboard the Walt Disney World Express Monorail, our highway in the sky. For those of you standing, please hold on to the handrails throughout our journey and stay clear of the doors. For the comfort of others, no smoking, please. Thank you. Hiya folks, you're listening to Two Men and the Mouse, episode 194 on the White Dragon Podcast Network, recorded live on April 23rd, 2020. This is your everyday guide to the magic of Walt Disney World and the larger Disney universe beyond it. My name is Kevin Kessler and I am joined as always by my good buddy, Peter Mack. Hey Kev. Hey, what's going on my friend? Literally not much. Literally nothing. We're, we're social distancing and that is, and that yeah. is okay. Uh, folks, we are two lifelong friends who have managed to keep the magic of Disney in our lives every day. And we want to share that magic with you. So pull up a chair, gather the family, or pop in your favorite set of headphones, and let's experience the magic together. Pete! Kevin. Well, you know what? It is definitely a time in which I feel like people need to um, experience the magic a little bit. Yeah, I think we're all looking for that. Not only are we all stuck inside social distancing because of COVID-19, but we are, but Walt Disney World is closed. Yeah, really weird. There is literally no Disney magic out there right now because Walt Disney World is is not open. Um and with with we don't even know how long that's going to take. So um we had originally planned when all this went down to, you know, do multiple shows a week and provide all this content and then I was struck down uh by the the silent killer by COVID-19. I've been battling it for like a month, but I'm I'm past it now. You can hear in my voice, I'm sure that like I am not a hundred percent, but I'm like I'm past the like I'm past the fevers and the chills and all that stuff. So it's literally just like a a cough that kind of hung on uh, at the moment. So if you guys can bear with the fact that I might be coughing, um, then we can you know continue to do more shows uh, as long as my voice holds out. And just so listeners know, we are at least six states away. Yes, yes, we we are six states away from each other. Total social distancing. Total distancing. Um, and we have a couple of other ideas that we're kicking around that we're uh, trying to test out. We pulled you guys. You guys had a lot of really great ideas for things that you wanted to hear from the show during this time period. Uh, we're playing around with some video elements. Um, so that could be a whole new element to the show. Uh, so, you know, it's, we're, we've got some cool ideas. It's just a matter of figuring out how to make them come to life. Um, imagineering them, if you will, into creation. Right? Is that making like sound that. cool enough? Uh, but we've got a little bit of news this week. Obviously not much, but, uh, the news brought to you as always by our good friend Dave Weikert of Magical Travel, who will plan your Disney vacation for you at no additional cost to you. We all know that the parks are going to reopen eventually, and Dave Weikert is there to make sure that you can get there. And he can also rebook your trip if you had to cancel, um, if you had a trip booked in the last couple months. I don't know if Dave ever thought he would be the rebooking expert, Yeah, but I feel like he is. Oh, no, he totally is. We, we've talked a little yeah. bit about it. Like He called me up last week or two weeks ago, and you know we, we talked a little bit about how he's had to kind of rework people's trips and stuff like that. So he's the guy to go to. Um, so there's only one major news story on anyone's mind. When are the parks going to reopen? Right. Right. Uh, well, we don't know that for sure because obviously we don't know what the future holds, but, 
Uh, the parks are at least remaining closed through May 16th, according to Disney's operating schedule. So the Walt Disney World operating calendar has been updated and now shows the parks closed through May 16th, 2020. Previously, it was May 9th. Uh, those with reservations during that time are being notified of cancellation. So these latest updates are largely a formality as, you know, the social distancing restrictions in the state of Florida are remaining in place, which prevents them from opening. Um, Walt Disney World Resort hotels and theme parks are currently closed until further notice. Disney recently began accepting hotel reservations for June 1st, which appears to offer some indication of when Disney hopes to resume some type of operations in Florida. Time will will tell whether that is doable or not. Let's hope. Fingers crossed. My best friends have a trip booked for the 4th of July, and I really hope that like we're back up and running by then. Yeah, I had friends going in June. They rebooked for August, and they're still concerned about August. But yeah. I'm hoping by then, definitely, we're good. Well, what are you? What are you booked for? Not till fall. So yeah, double fingers crossed. Yeah, right. Uh, so I was actually at the parks a couple days uh, before it closed, which might be why I caught COVID nineteen. Um, and I wanted to talk a little bit about what it was like because a lot of people have asked. Um, it was not nearly like. So my a little background. My friend Becky, who's been on the show, had a trip booked where she was staying with me, uh, and we were going to go to the parks together before her annual pass ran out. So we, you know, despite the, we were like, we're going to wash our hands, we're going to social, we're going to distance ourselves from people, we're you know, and Disney's obviously got all these measures in place to to stop you know contamination and whatnot. Uh, I was kind of aghast at how little Disney had going on. As far as preventative stuff. Okay. Like, they made a big deal about, like, we've got all these hand-washing stations. and blo- They were not a lot of hand-washing stations. Um, You had Purell dispensers, like, at the front of the park. And, like, every once in a while, you'd find one, like, elsewhere. I'm talking Magic Kingdom, Animal Kingdom, Hollywood Studios here. And you had these hand-wash stations, but when you went, when, like, there were not many of them. And when you went up to one, it was either out of water, out of soap, out of towels, or out of all three. Okay. Um, because they were, like, freestanding, and, like, you had to, like, right. pump a foot pedal to get the water to go. I saw pictures of them. Yeah. Um, but now Epcot had a lot of them. They were, they were all over the place in Epcot. I assume that's because, you know, in Epcot you have to, um, you're, you're eating a lot because it's Flower and Garden Festival. Right, that's true. And let me tell you, I was so the hand wash stations weren't great. Um, this was also we were there on the day that they sent all the college program kids their termination notices. Okay. So we saw cast members crying everywhere. Like it well, was really hard. It was really heartbreaking. Like my heart broke for those kids. Like they're here, they're living their dream. My friend Connor, who's a listener to the show, uh, he was in the uh, he w- he had a job here. He was in entertainment. Um, he was friends with a couple characters and, and his program ended. So, you know, it's, it stinks, but you know, obviously what, what were they going to do? Um, right. That's sick. So, so I, we were trying to take this seriously. We had gloves, we had, you know, um, we, we had hand sanitizer and wipes and stuff like that. Um, most 90% of the people that were there, Peter Mandel could not have cared less. Oh, I believe that people people coughing and sneezing without covering their mouths, like it was like it was horrific. And and Disney was like, I so we got in line to go to this Mickey and Minnie um short 
film thing that's now in where Drew Carey sounds dangerously was. Right. And they're like, uh, please move forward, filling in all available space, scrunch together people. And we're like, no, absolutely not. And like, now, do you think that that's going to go away when they reopen the fill in all available space? It's hard to say. I, I think at first they're going to have to roll something out as far as social distancing. Yeah. I, I just can't see, you know, even if let's say like we think like we're kind of past this. I, I think people are going to be a little shell shocked from this no matter what. I, so like, I can't I, see yeah, I'm going to be really left. slow to go near other people for a while. Right. Because I don't know if I can get reinfected with it. That's still not a thing that anybody knows. Right. I mean, it would be wonderful if it's like chicken pox and like I'm through it and now that's that and I can just do whatever I want. But I don't know if that's the case. Concrete facts are, are kind of the issue. They're kind of hard to come by. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I want to talk about something happier, though. I want to talk about Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. Okay. Because we did not have a chance to talk about this uh, before I got sick. It is uh, really delightful. Now, do do I like it enough wherein I'm like, oh, yeah, this is totally better than The Great Movie Ride? No. Absolutely. No, not. I didn't think so. But it's it's one of those like, well, this is better than nothing. Um, but it is an impressive ride. It's very impressive. So we got to studios, my friend and I, probably around five thirty six o'clock, I think. Okay. Because we wanted to get a boarding group uh, for um, Rise of the Resistance. So they let you in early. We went right to the queue for Runaway Railway, got in line. We were like maybe like 10 people back in line. Like we were really up, up close and like that line got mobbed. So now it's getting toward park opening, which I think was like eight o'clock. And obviously the second the park opens, you have to try to get your boarding group for um, rise of the resistance. So now like it's maybe like, so we're like, okay, the second that it, the park opens, we'll get our boarding group. Then they'll open up the queue and we'll be able to all go inside and ride runaway railway. They start taking you inside at like 7.45. Okay. So now we're in a ride building where notoriously there's not great cell service. So we're uh-huh. like, so we're like in the, we're inside the, the, the queue and the queue is great. I mean, it looks like the great movie ride queue, but it's got like all Mickey Mouse, um, stuff all over the place. The, um, we're, we're taken into the pre-show room and, um, which I'm going to talk more about the pre-show later in the show for our e-ticket attraction, but um, we're in the pre-show room. I'm like, okay, we still have service. Everything's fine. They're not going to open up the ride until 8 o'clock. We'll be able to get our boarding group in this room, and then we'll be fine. Pete, the pre-show starts at around 7.50. Oh, boy. So now I'm like, what? So now it stinks also because, like, this wonderful pre-show is going on before my eyes and I'm, I keep looking down at my phone and refreshing to see if the boarding groups are available. And then I'm like, okay, well maybe it's just the pre-show and we'll get into like the loading area and then they won't let us on the ride till eight o'clock. Pete, we got on that ride at about seven fifty two, <laughs> And so now we're on this ride and I'm like, I, I, I'm like freaking out because we're riding this ride and it's great and I'm really enjoying it. But I keep looking at the, at my watch and at the, uh, and, and like trying to figure out what's what. And we got off of there with like three minutes to spare. Okay. Did you get it? Yes. We got our, and so then we, we, we ran outside by where the, the little like gift shop area is by the exit queue. 
and uh, we got our boarding group. We got like boarding group 13, which was like awesome. But it's, it's so much, it's so cool because like, so everyone, everywhere in the park is on their phones at eight o'clock, right? And you just hear like shouts of like happiness rising right. up from like different corners of the, of the area that you're in. And let me ask you a question. Have you ever gone at opening and not gotten a boarding group? Uh, yes. The one time I did, I went, we got there for the nine o'clock opening, but this was shortly after, uh, Rise of the Resistance had first debuted. And okay. so it was, um, they were opening the, the parks at like five in the morning, six in the morning, and people were allowed to get boarding groups then. So by the time you got there at nine o'clock, everything was gone. Right. But, but have you ever been there like when the boarding group opens and not gotten one? No, I've only done it the one time. Oh, okay. I did it. The, I did it the day that it opened, and then I did it again this this past time, and then that was it. I'm just trying to gauge how hard it is to get a boarding group. It wasn't that hard, as long as you're there. It really wasn't that hard. Right. Okay. I mean, we got like one of the first boarding groups, so like we were on that. Like the ride had br- apparently broken down, and we were on it still by like ten, eleven o'clock. I would say. Okay. Um, and it broke down for like a solid hour, so. But anyway, back to Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. It's I don't want to spoil too much, but like they really this was them being like taking that that like universal concept of like screens and being like step aside junior, this is how it's done. Okay. So it's upping like the universal screen ride. Totally. And the animatronics okay. are pretty cool. Some of them look a little weird cuz like some of them try to capture like Mickey and Minnie like their profile um and that could be a little strange. But right. I, I still really liked it. Like it was, it was great. The animatronics are cool. The the like they there's one point where like you're in a room and it's like a scene, and then you go into like another like side area, and then you back up back into the room you were just in, and it's a completely different scene because hmm. they just change it over with the screens, and it's like right, right. It really looks like you're in a cartoon. That's the other thing. Like it really feels like you're in a cartoon. Now, for me, I like those Mickey Mouse shorts. I do, too. I didn't at first because it looked like Goofy smelled bad. But the more I've watched them, I'm like, these are so funny. Yeah, I do like them. So not only was the ride great, afterwards we went to the um, the Mickey short film, uh, the Mickey shorts theater. Okay. Which is where Drew Carey sounds dangerously was. Again, awesome. It was like they, they produced an original um, short for the park, but it's more like like clips from other shorts, like kind of put together in a compilation. It makes sense okay. within the story. But the thing I loved, they con- they transformed this theater into like a Mickey theater. All of the seats have like the red with the two yellow buttons on them. Like it really. Oh, that's cool. So now like it's like you've got Star Wars, Toy Story and Mickey in, in Hollywood Studios. Like that's kind of like there's a de- there's a definite Mickey section of the park now. And, I, and I'm all here and for Aerosmith. it. And Aerosmith. Yeah. And Twilight Zone. Yeah. And Little Mermaid with laser lights. Right, right. And bubbles. And puppets. Yeah, that's true. And Muppets. You got Muppets, too. We can't forget that. Yeah, there's a lot going on there. By the way, on Disney Plus the other day, I rewatched the Muppets um, the Muppets mockumentary series from ABC. From, from I have back. rewatched it also. It's so good. I love it. Like, I, honestly, I think it was ahead of its time. I think if it came yeah. out today on a streaming service, people would love it. 
I don't know about that. You, you know what? You're not wrong because its placement on ABC didn't do it any favors. No, not at all. Um, and, and it was aired late. Listen, I watch it with my wife. My wife is not a Muppet connoisseur. Mm. She loved it. it it's loved hysterical. It. It's like, and for me, like even for me, like I didn't see all of it when it aired. Um, but like the parts of it I saw, I really liked. But I remember people were so taken aback by like Fozzie has a human girlfriend or Scooter's dating Chelsea Handler or Piggy's dating no, Josh hysterical. Groban. It's great. Piggy dating Josh Groban was my favorite thing. <laughs> when Kermit puts like the Josh Groban presents up late in his figure, yeah. he just turns to Josh Groban and goes like, like, see you around. Like, it, it, I love it. And my favorite part is in well, Uncle Deadly's my favorite part of the entire show. He's hysterical. And like and that's, Ethan, that's Ethan's favorite Muppet, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Loves them. My wife loves them also. In the first episode, there is a scene where Fozzie calls Piggy. Remember when he finds out that his um, girlfriend's mom loves Miss Piggy? Yeah. So he's like, I'm going to call her. Maybe you can meet her. When he calls, she's like, is this the guy in the hat? And it's hysterical because she like completely like just wants nothing to do with Fozzie as he is basically asking if he can like, you know, introduce them. Mm -hmm. She's like, no talking and no eye contact. He's like, I'll tell them. She's like, I mean you. (laughs) Her treatment of Fozzie is so wonderful. It's so diva. It is such a great part of the show. And it's a running gag that like outside of Kermit, she doesn't know who any of them are. It's awesome. Yeah. Like, I really dig that. And, um, I, you know what really like killed me though was Denise, Kermit's what? new, new, Kermit's new pig yeah. girlfriend, Denise. Like she was wonderful. And I'm like, oh, this would have been so much easier if she was horrible. But like, you didn't want to root against her because you're like, oh, Denise, you are delightful. Like, who was a celebrity that Denise like loved that was on the show that she like went nuts for? I'm trying to remember. Uh, I don't remember. It was somebody. Oh, it was, um, uh, Kristen Chenoweth. Okay. And she like goes nuts for Kristen China with it. It's adorable. Um I cried when Gonzo did his stunt. Like, well, they're they're playing that song and then Gonzo shoots out of the cannon and Kermit sees it and he's like, You did it and like like that was like an emotional moment for someone who's followed the Muppets forever. And when Kermit's singing Rainbow Connection in his backyard when he converts his pool into the swamp and yeah. his neighbor's like, Learn a new song. <laughs> Uh, the Gonzo Pepe Rizzo dynamic. I mean, tremendous. Yeah, there's there's a lot of things going on in that show that are wonderful. Highly, highly, highly recommended by me for a, a quick binge. You could binge it in a day. There's only like thirteen or fourteen episodes. I think they're all a half hour. Um, yeah. It, really, really funny. Really good. It's 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 hidden gold. Honestly. What about uh, uh what's the other bear? Bobo. Bobo. Oh, I lo- I've loved Bobo since Muppets Tonight. Yeah, well, he's another. I mean, him and Uncle Deadly spawned from. There was Uncle Deadly on Muppets tonight. I don't know if he was. Pepe was. I know. I know Uncle Deadly was in the original Muppet Show. He was on the Vincent Price episode. Yeah, and I know he was obviously in the Jason Segel um, Muppet movie. I don't know what the deal with the rights are for the Muppet Show and um, Muppets Tonight, but like they're not on Disney no, Plus. Right. Um, Muppets Tonight. I'm not super familiar with. You know what? I watched every episode of Muppets tonight, but I don't like I don't remember all of it. Right. Because like I there were a couple like people that Bobo was introduced on Muppets tonight. Uh Pepe the King Prawn was um then there was like Sal and Johnny who didn't really work out. Um 
there there was just a lot but uh, like in the muppets on abc like the show finds itself like halfway through where they're like oh we can just make this into the muppet show when like the right. when the muppets start doing skits on piggy's show and like it just kind of becomes a new muppet show and i like that yeah i was bummed that it didn't get renewed yeah, uh M- mindy mindy kaling um not being able to sing was hysterical. Like, oh, it was so good. Uh, you know, another uh, binge recommendation that I have for people, uh, which is going to sound weird because you're going to be like, oh, of course, but I bet you people aren't really binging it. The Simpsons. You know, I can't tell you I'm a Simpsons guy. I, for the last maybe 15 years, I've been like, oh, Simpsons, whatever. Because like, I couldn't tell you a single human being that I know that still watches new episodes of The Simpsons on Fox. Oh, I know a lot, but I do. You, do, they, do you really? Story. Because like no one I yeah. know knows anybody that watches it. But well, I mean, it's my job. Yeah, it's true. Um, but like rewatching like the early seasons of The Simpsons, it's hysterical, and I get so much more, so many more of the jokes now that like I'm an adult. Right. Uh, so again, that's that's another record because I know people are looking for things to binge. Um, you know, so for me, it's The Simpsons and the Muppets. Like that was. Um, it really bugs me that Muppets Take Manhattan is not on Disney Plus. Also, like they have yeah, every other Muppet movie. I don't know. There must be something with the rights. I have no idea. But like, how could how could you have every other movie that came both before and after that, but not that one? I don't understand it. That is interesting. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Have you been keeping up with Ducktales this season? Um, a little bit. You know, we got Goofy in an episode. We got Goof Troop Goofy. Right, but we, even more important than that... We got the genie. What about Rescue Rangers? Well, I was getting to that. That's the, Come on, that's the big one. That's the big one, yeah. No, we got we got the Rescue Rangers um, with, an, with an origin story. Yeah. Like, they have to spin these off at this point. You have to spin off Darkwing. You have to spin off Rescue Rangers. I could do with a goof troop, uh, you know. I, I don't... Like, with Disney+, Plus. there's no reason not to. I would think that they're trying to do something with it well i mean listen if i know this ducktales show the season finale of this season will have all of these characters come back right because they did it like with the moon episode they did it with the moon with the moon invasion and scrooge dressed up like darkwing yep amazing and scrooge did his little like video game hop with the cane yeah there's so many wonderful nods to like longtime fans it's because the people that are making this show have a deep deep love for the ip and it's it's wonderful all right well that's the news this week we got off on a bit of a tangent but you know it was still disney related so i think we're okay all right there wasn't much news yeah um all right we're gonna take a quick break here from our sponsors and the rest of the white dragon podcast now we're gonna be back uh with our e-ticket attraction of the week so stay tuned folks more two men in the mouse coming at you right after this you know pete it's hard work planning a disney vacation course your whole family has to get going you got to pack everything up you got to figure out where you're eating got to figure out where you're staying but you know what makes life so much easier makes your trip planning more more fun experience tell me that sounds like something i need absolutely you need a travel agent do we know one of those we absolutely do we know our good friend and sponsor dave weikert of magical travel the official travel agent of two men in the mouse folks we've both used him yes we have dave weikert plans our disney vacations all the time and we would not recommend him if we didn't use his services ourselves dave started his cranford based business here in 2008 and in that time has been planning hundreds of Walt Disney World vacations. Dave plans every trip as if it were his own and you will never find someone more passionate about Disney. 
very easy to work with and will do his best to make sure you're satisfied. Working with Dave, you're likely to pay less and get more. And what's better than that, Peter Mandel? Tell me. You never pay a charge for Dave's services. It is 100% free. Dave will plan your entire trip for no additional cost to you. That sounds awesome. Absolutely. Dave has helped over 875 families enjoy their Disney vacations. A graduate of the College of Disney Knowledge, Dave has visited every Disney World resort and has personally stayed at 12 Disney World resorts. He's dined also at every Disney restaurant. He's crazy about Disney food. That is an accomplishment. Absolutely. I wish I could say I did that. That's like the snack challenge times 10. Yep. Dave also gives you Disney dollars for land packages and shipboard credits for any Disney Cruise Line vacations you might be going. Uh, This can be used as cash at any Disney destination or store. Traveling with kids in your party, Dave will also provide you autograph books for all your kids. You give them to us? Absolutely. Your kids went down with Dave Weicker autograph books. Of course. Well, Disney autograph books supplied by Dave Weicker. Depends how his name on Dave simplifies your life by booking your complete vacation, including resort stay, airlines, Disney meal plans, and park passes. Also, checks daily for new discounts. When specials are announced, he immediately checks availability and rebooks your vacation at the lowest possible price. Dave can also book all your Disney dining and will do his best to get hard-to-book reservations like Cinderella's Royal Table and Be Our Guest. It's really, truly a no-brainer. Folks, take the stress out of your life. Dave Weikert of Magical Travel, the official travel agent of Two Men in the Mouse. If you and your family are taking a trip to the Orlando area this year, your little ones deserve to stroll in style. Lugging a stroller from home can be an annoying and frustrating part of the first leg of your journey. And renting those hard plastic strollers from Disney theme parks can be both costly and uncomfortable for your kids. Well, I'm here to tell you about the solution to your child transport problems, and that's Kingdom Strollers. Kingdom Strollers is a Disney-featured stroller and crib provider that does exactly what you're looking for at a great price. Not only is it less expensive than renting a stroller from the theme parks themselves, but these are padded luxury models with features like drink holders, canopies, storage baskets, and more. What's more, you keep this stroller with you for your entire trip, whereas park-rented strollers, you got to return them before you leave the park that day. This is going to make those late-night post-fireworks bus stop queues so much easier, and Dad's shoulders are going to thank you for it. So, how does it work? You just go to kingdomstrollers.com and make your selection on the stroller or crib that's right for your child. Just let the good folks over there know a great time for delivery and pickup and where you'll be staying. You can pick your stroller or crib up from the luggage stand at your resort and then drop them back off there at the end of your stay. So pack light, leave your stroller at home, and save up to a whopping 50% versus park price stroller rentals when you visit kingdomstrollers.com. Hi there, this is Monica Pinto from the Mouse in Our House podcast, inviting you to join me here every other Friday for all things Disney from my perspective. Let's face it, with our fast-paced lives in a crazy world, always running from one place to another, from hectic work days to family responsibilities, from household chores to those never-ending errands, it sometimes seems impossible to survive until your next Disney trip. How to turn that around? Easy, by keeping a little bit of that Disney magic in our everyday lives. So go ahead, sit back, relax, grab a cup of coffee and a little something sweet, and let's chat Disney. Join me here on the White Dragon Podcast Network every other Friday where we'll celebrate all the magic, all the fun, all the memories, and even some stuff that's not so magical. But don't worry, a little bit of pixie dust should take care of that. So until then, I hope you remember to keep the mouse in your house. Hello, I'm Storybook Julius, the White Dragon Podcast Network's resident Canadian and the host of Storybook Radio, 
Walt Disney World and Universal Studios podcast appearing every Wednesday here on WDPN. Walt Disney was a storyteller, and well, so am I. Now, I'm not saying that I'm as cool as Walt Disney or anything, but I'm saying that if you're looking for a unique take on the Walt Disney World and Universal Studios theme parks, with immersive looks at their stories, backstories, and histories, you've come to the right place. Head on over to iTunes, Stitcher, or Podomatic to subscribe to and download the Storybook Radio podcast each and every Wednesday. You can also check out www.storybookradio.com for more details and more content. Hello, humans! My name is Morty Monster, and I'm... uh, Well... I'm a monster. I'm here as an exchange student from the monster world, where growing up I fell in love with the world of human pop culture. Unfortunately, not a lot of monsters share that passion, so I came here to experience all of these things that I love and to share that passion with all of you. I do this through my YouTube channel with regular video blogs. One of my favorite things to do is film while in the theme parks of Orlando, Florida. Join me in Walt Disney World, Universal Studios, SeaWorld, and more. I'll also be reviewing comic books, web videos, TV shows, movies, and other awesome stuff. Find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash MortyMonster. I'm on Instagram as MortyMonster and Friends. I'm also on Twitter as MortyMonsterBFF. From there, you can find a link to my YouTube videos. Please like, subscribe, love, sign up for notifications and more for all the Morty content. I can't wait to share my adventures with all of you. Morty Monster! Folks, sometimes the anticipation for a Disney attraction is even more amazing than the attraction themselves. Part of the fun that feeds that anticipation comes from the pre-show. Disney has some absolutely incredible pre-shows. They also have some pre-shows that kind of stink. And that's why this week for our e-ticket attraction of the week, Pete and I are talking about the 10 best and 5 worst Walt Disney World pre-shows. I'm excited for this list. Me too. Which are we doing first? I think we got to start worse so that we can end on a high note. All right, good. All right. Um, now, like, I mean, even the worst, like, there are very few, even, like, like I can find some enjoyment out of most of the worst uh, that we have on here. I don't know. I think the thing about a pre-show is, like, if you've done it ten times, can you still enjoy it? And and that was kind of the... <coughs> Excuse me. That was Kevin's kind of be the, okay. that, yeah. That was kind of the the criteria that we had for choosing the worst here is that like ones that like on another viewing you're like Ugh, all right. Uh, number five, the Enchanted Tiki Room. Yeah, you're outside. You know, it's it's two birds in the waterfall talking. I liked it when it was like Phil Hartman during new under new management. Right, but I mean, like I couldn't even tell you. Like I've probably sat through this thing. 10 to 15 times, I couldn't tell you a single word that those birds say. No, me neither. It's just so not memorable. It doesn't stick with me. And I get it. It's classic. I never want to see it go anywhere. But, you know, I liked it when it was Phil Hartman. That's all I can say. What if they redid the pre-show, though? Would you be okay with that? Yes. Yeah. Um, well, remember in Under New Management, the birds, like one of the birds was Iago's manager and the other one was Zazu's manager. Right. 
So, um, all right, number four, Ellen's Energy Adventure. I mean, this is one that's not with us anymore, but I still right. we still felt the need to kind of like rip it a new one. Okay, listen, I, I like it in the sense that the pre-show directly ties in to the majority of the ride. Correct. It just had some problems. Well, it's very long. It's a very it's long pre-show. It's very, very long. And you pointed that, out the one thing that you really didn't like about it to me. When we listen, were that, that room's enormous. The pre-show room is huge because they could fit so many people onto the ride. But you had to stand. If you sat down, they were like, no, no, you have to get up. And mm-hmm. the crazy thing about that is it's like it's 3 o'clock in the afternoon. You've been standing all day long. This pre-show won't end. Right. People just want to sit down for a minute. Well, because, I mean, you have, like, the setup with Ellen, like, in her apartment, and then you have Ellen falling yep. asleep, and then you have the Jeopardy stuff with Stupid Judy. And, I mean, like, people are probably gasping, and they're like, oh, but Stupid Judy, and blah, 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 and, like, and I get it, and I like the Stupid Judy stuff. I love Stupid Judy also. It just goes on for way too long. And the other thing is, like, I only saw that as an adult, right? So I like it, and I think it's funny. Same. If I was, like, a six-year-old kid stuck in that room... I mean, the enjoyment of the multiple screens would only last about a minute before I'd be like, I'm sitting down. Yeah, I mean, like, even just being st- – and then being stuck on that ride for 40 minutes. Um, I mean, you know, I have gone on that ride just to take a nap. Yeah, me too. Um, but I did like it, and I do miss it a little bit. Yeah. Uh, number three, Rock and Roller Coaster. Now, a lot of people like this one. I personally don't. I feel like Aerosmith kind of phones it in. It's kind of lame. Um, I think maybe them phoning it in is part of the joy, though. <laughs> part of the charm of the attraction. It is in a weird way, right? Like, why are Aerosmith like doing this Disney ride? It, it's a little funny, almost. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you know they made edits to it over the years. That's all we'll say about. Yeah, that. they have. But it took uh, a little while. But... Yeah. Well, because nobody caught it for a long time. <laughs> for for a couple decades. Yeah, and Steven Tyler was mad. Um, Number two, Mission Space. And I'm talking about the current Mission Space, not the Gary Sinise version. I, I, I'm not a big, like, like, you replace Gary Sinise with the, with the girl from, from Firefly? Like, come on. Give me Lieutenant Uh-oh. Dan back. I do like Lieutenant Dan. I will say this. The thing I do like about it is I, especially if I was a kid, I like the idea of the selection of roles within the ship. Yeah, I get that. I do like that. There's not much else in it that I care about, but I do like that part. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's a lot of blah, it's a lot of nothing. I mean, like, and there are some, lot of nothing ones on our, our good list, but they have charm to them, and we'll, we'll get to that. Right. Number one, there was only ever one option for the worst pre-show in Walt Disney World. It's It, it has launched a thousand memes. It is Flight of Passage. I mean, what a horrific, awful pre-show. You know, it's funny when you said that, I was like, wow, really? That's the worst? Because I can remember doing it and liking it and being intrigued and looking at the screen mm. and, oh, look, all the people are like now becoming, you know, avatars. But you're right because upon subsequent viewings, man, it's, it won't end. It's so long. And the guy, I don't know what kind of direction this dude was given, but it wasn't good direction. <laughs> Are you saying James Cameron wasn't actually directing this? I, I I doubt that he, um, you know, look, James Cameron, it's taken him, what, 11 years to put out another Avatar movie? I, I doubt that he's, uh, you know, working on the pre-show for the ride. <laughs> and then you'll, uh, 
you'll fly. Oh my god, it's so bad. <laughs> and so then, like, you do that, you're, and then they have to puff air down on you because, like, oh, oh, you've all got parasites. Like, I don't want to, f- I, I don't want to imagine that I now have space parasites in me. <laughs> And you're going to cure it by puffing me with air from the ceiling? Like, just let me on the ride, all right? Like, like I would rat, like, and I get it's long because they were like, hey, we'll entertain people for an extra 10 minutes instead of 10 extra minutes they'd have to wait in line. Right. Give me 10 more minutes online. That line's terrible, also. That line is pretty terrible. Um, it's, I mean, once you get to the lab, it's fine. But, like, you know, you have a pretty long wait until you get to the lab. Yeah. The uh, and then then after that you go into the room with Doctor Jackie Ogden and you're just kind of like oh what do you want? <laughs> you're already angry by that. Point. You're already like this company is wasting my time. This this expedition company. And, and then like this lady pops up and you're just like oh, all right I'm with it. And, you know as the as the Navi say Sivako and I'm like yeah okay can I go on now like. <laughs> Oh, bro, remember your numbers. Remember the numbers that you stood on. Like, ugh, I hate it. All right, you ready to go to the best? Yeah. The best of the best. Number 10, Soarin' Around the World. Which could also be Soarin' Over California because it's the same pre-show. It is. You're right. And when they redid Soarin' Over California into Soarin' Around the World, we were nervous that we were going to be getting a new pre-show without Patrick Warburton. There were only two things we wanted, and it's a big two asks. We wanted the same pre-show, and we wanted the music. Yeah, and we got them both. And we got them both. I I, I mean, there's very little to complain about with Soren around the world, in my opinion. I mean, I prefer the original Soren. I mean, and I, and I, if I were, if someone was like, "Hey, do you want to go on the original Soren or Soren around the world?" I would go on the original Soren as well. Right. Me too. But having said that, that pre-show. Now, listen. The reason why it's ten is because it's pretty basic and it's just an yeah. old school, you know. But it's got film. such charm, and it's Patrick Warburton, and he's amazing. And we all know the line. Yeah, so, I mean, like, like uh, when he's talking about putting the seatbelt through the loop, and the kid does it. He's like, "Nice job, pal." I love it. And when he makes the guy take off these little beauties, and he makes the guy take off his uh, his Mickey ears, and he's like super yep. bald underneath. I love it. Yeah, I mean, he's soon you will be airborne. And like I and even before that you get like the the Indiana Jones like like map with the red line to the yeah. music and I think that's pretty cool too because it's like a yeah, preview too. of where you're going. Uh you know and do you I mean what I mean there's something to be said about Soren around the world and like Soren over California was all like shot footage whereas well you know Soren over the world was a lot of CGI. I mean, are you asking my opinion on the ride? Because I hate the CGI. Yeah, I, I was going to ask if the CGI kills it for you. No, it kills it. I love the concept that Soren was actually, you know, that they got all of this footage, um, aerial footage, like they, they kind of went through painstaking lengths to get. And the new one is kind of like, oh, look, we've colored in a polar bear here. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I do like that <laughs> it ends at Epcot, that I suppose, like, collapses, I'm like, oh, okay. I mean, we're starting... We're in like moment one of this, and I'm out. I've already checked out at that point. The whale. I'm like, nope, I'm yeah. out. When the iceberg collapses, I'm always like, global warming. 
Right, right, exactly. It's insane. Uh, They're like the three things happened. You have like the polar bears who are pretty much like giving you the thumbs up, and you have the iceberg collapsing, and like a wet. It, it's just too much. The high polar bears. Sorry that you're probably gonna die when that ice melts. <laughs> Here's a coke. Yeah, yeah, and then the whale jumps out to be like, "Hey, Sea World!" Uh, like, it's too much. It, it, it's it's so it's too much right away. Could you imagine if like the whale jumped out and like winked at you? Hello, folks. I was like that. That might, that, that might make it okay. Don't put me in a tank. <laughs> <laughs> just, just this big, like this big, like absolute, like like spit in the face of SeaWorld. <laughs> Be great. Uh, and then yeah, you go. You know, I mean, then you know, I like the the smells are also not nearly as good. Like the orange groves cannot be replaced by elephant butt grass. Yeah, no. The orange groves was, I mean, that was a staple of Epcot. I mean, I like the Fiji, the Fiji smell. Yeah, that's pretty good. Like, it's like the, the sea and stuff like that. But, like, I miss the golf ball, too. I really miss the golf ball. Yeah. But either way, it was the same pre-show, and it was good, and that's why it's number 10. Number 9, Dinosaur. Now, again, this is a pretty basic pre-show, but it gives you... One of my favorite park-specific characters in Doctor Seeker. I love him. He's he's great. I hello there, and like I always like joke around in there because when when he's when basically when he's like um, essentially like pulling you aside and trying to get you to do this highly illegal act uh, that that will probably mess up the timeline completely. Oh, uh, you're ruining the time stream. Absolutely, like like. And then, like, you're just kind of like, hey, no, like, I don't want to, like, I've always wanted to, like, when we exit the room, go to one of the cast members and be like, hey, like, that that scientist dude unlocked the the time locks. <laughs> <laughs> just, like, tell, like, just to see what the cast member would say. I'm sure they, I'm sure they're trained in what to say. That's great. You know, I actually saw Dr. Seeker in Las Vegas. Uh, I was with Did Heather, you? and I... I so wanted to go up to him and talk about Dinosaur, but she just would not let me. And by the way, he didn't look like he would have any conversation about Dinosaur with me. Really? He was actually with a couple ladies. He didn't look like he wanted to talk to someone, but uh, oh, I desperately wanted to talk to him about it. Uh, did, you, did you let you keep the hand puppet? <laughs> Can you imagine that? Like, I come up to him and just start asking. I think he was on CSI at the time or something. Uh-huh. I'm I'm just asking exclusively questions about the dinosaur pre-show. Right. What was going through your mind when you had to yell, they're not going to make it. They're not going to make it. (laughs) Did you really think we weren't going to make it? What did you think happened? What do you think happened to Dr. Seeker after the ride? Because I'm I'm pretty (laughs) sure that dude goes to jail. (laughs) Like part of me thinks that like, you know, he rides the Iguanodon out of the out of the Institute and like like heads for the hills with it but like part of me also thinks that like that dude goes to jail yeah he definitely goes to time jail yeah like those guys those meatball head guys from uh rick and morty are gonna come after him played by Keith <laughs> right. you don't mess with time it, it, it's a it is a very good and charming um uh, pre-show and i i've oh, never alicia rashad come on yeah i mean i have never gotten tired of that pre-show me neither now we don't count the bill nye thing as pre-show because that is part of the line that you know like when, you, when you're in the thing yeah. with the carnotaurus bones yep yep and you hear bill nye talking about the extinction event like i don't count that 
because of you know be- because of the fact that it is um you know part of the line and we were wondering whether we were going to include cues as pre-shows because there were two that we felt could in star tours and toy story midway mania um i actually polled you guys about that um on our facebook group and overwhelmingly you guys said that star tours and toy story mania do not count as pre-shows right if you can walk past it if there was no one in the in the ride and you can walk past it i don't know if it's really a pre-show the vote is 45 to 7 by the way okay so to Becky Adams, Aaron Marie, Rachel McCurtain, Evelyn Reynolds, Johnson, Corey Church, um, Tony Orgelfinger, Lisa Cross, Nathan Dunbar, Jessica Stanley, and Brian Fields. I'm sorry, they're they're not going to be included in this uh, in this list. So moving on to number seven. Now we're not going to have a lot to say about this one because Pete's never seen it, and I've only seen it once. But I know it is classic, and I did kind of watch it before um, we went on the air here just to kind of refresh myself. And that is the Tower of Terror. Now I know a lot of people would have this in their top five, but this is our top ten, and it doesn't—it's not really on our radar. Um, It's—I mean—it's good. It is a good pre-show. It's very creepy. The pre-show room is really neat. It's got a lot of Easter eggs for the Twilight Zone. It's just that ride's not my thing. I don't really go on it a lot. I've only been on it a couple times, and you know, um, what I really like is what they did with that pre-show room in Disneyland when they have Rocket Raccoon in there. Now that I've done. Didn't do the ride, but me, my daughter loves Guardians of the Galaxy, so right. I went through that with her. And that that uh, audio animatronic is amazing. Yeah, it, like the videos that I've seen, it looks unbelievable. Like it looks, it looks like it's up there um, with like the um, the Madame Wardrobe and the Lumiere. Um, yeah, it's it's real looking. It's great. And how's this for a segue? That brings us to number six: Enchanted Tales with Belle. There you go. Fantastic pre-show here. One of the very best. Honestly, I was upset that I couldn't fit it into the top five. Now, I've only done this once, and it was recently uh, for the first time. And I was just astounded. So you have the the cast member inside Maurice's cottage asks the kids questions about Belle and like her favorite books, blah, blah, blah. And then you have that mirror that turns into a portal that takes you to the Beast's castle. Very cool. Unbelievable effect. And then you go into this room with this Madam Wardrobe audio animatronic that is unbelievable. Like, as far as I can tell, her face is not like a projection, unless I'm wrong. But I don't know. That was one of the big. That was one of the big first like projection like uses. I know they had. I don't remember if it is or not. They definitely light her face. Like, there's definitely right. light on it. But I mean, it's an animatronic that opens up and interacts and like. And that, and you you had asked me like, oh well, does that part count as pre-show? And it it does because the the actual attraction is Lumiere and Belle. Yeah, I haven't done it since Abby was little, so I didn't remember. Yeah, um, but the Madame Wardrobe room—that's where like the kids all get their roles they're gonna play. Yep. And um, yeah, it's I I mean it's unbelievable, and it's like a true testament to like where um audio animatronics have have gone in the past couple years so that's our bottom five ready for the top five well bottom five of the top ten yes bottom five of the top ten but the top that's five not, of the top ten the service. We're, we're, we're in the end we're in the end game now um muppet vision 3d number five now i'm sure a lot of people are like what because a lot of people would put this at number one i put it at, we put it at number five and this is coming from me the biggest muppet fan in the world 
Wait, um, you said a lot of people would put this as number one. A lot of people did list it as their number one when we pulled the pulled the audience. Really? All right. Wow. People said it was their favorite. Um, I mean, listen, this Muppet Vision, like everything from the room to the video that plays, and like I like to watch it. Like if I go in there and it's like toward the end of the pre-show, I will like specifically request to wait till the next show so I can watch the whole pre-show. Well, right, because you're only going to do it ten times in one day. So. Exactly. Right. In the beginning, we're like, Chuck, Chuck, Chuck. Hey, hey, Chuck. Like the construction workers that are like, put it together. Uh, Jim Henson's Muppet Vision 3D. Ah, oh, so good. The fish. Uh, it's, and it's got some great shtick. Like Rizzo dresses Mickey. The I do love that. Will you stop this foolishness? What kind of foolishness would you like? Will you get out of here? They, they actually t- carried that line over into great moments in American history with Muppets. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and the Paul Revere one, they they the Gonzo and Sam do that same bit, but yeah, the and and the room is part of the pre-show, like Kermit's Tux, the Annette Fla- Annette Flagello, the the Swine Trek, the Jim Henson Muppet. The, it's just uh, top to bottom, it's per- it's a perfect experience. I love it. It is pretty amazing. Yeah, um, and and I like they did the one thing that I like where like when Sam gives you the safety instructions at the end, he tosses it to the cast member. He's like, right. Will someone please take over? And then the per- the cast member could be like, ah, oh, I got you, Sam. Like it, it helps with the with the experience when they like. I like pre shows where they toss to the cast member. I do too. I think that's great. Which, by the way, Ellen's also did. Yes, it did. Uh, number four, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. Now this pre show is pretty cool. Like if you don't want to hear about it, skip ahead a little bit. Uh, but Wait, should, I, yeah, should I step out of the room? I'll try to keep it brief. Do you not want to hear about it? No, no, you can tell. Uh, okay. So basically, you, you go into a little theater, you're watching a Mickey Mouse short, and Goofy's in his train, and then, like, Mickey and Minnie are going to have a picnic, Goofy's train spirals out of control, and breaks the movie screen. And the movie screen actually comes out, like, an explosion, and, like, the screen is, like, jutting out, like, a jagged, like, edges, and it, it creates a portal for you to go into the movie. Okay. And so then, like, once that's done, you go through the screen into the world of the cartoon. And then when it's over with, you leave through the screen again. Huh. Now, let me ask you a question. Is it like a movie ride where it kind of didn't matter where you come in? Or are they, like, only letting the group who's getting onto the ride vehicle see this part? Oh, these are – they have completely gutted – the inside of the great movie ride. So you've got like that first room where like the movie posters were and like where the Ark of the Covenant was. Uh-huh. That's pretty much unchanged. But the second you get beyond that room, it's completely different. Okay. Like, so you have individual, um, it, it's kind of like, um, a larger version of like the Simpsons ride in Universal where like you go into like your own little like theater room. Okay. With your, How many people with, are, with, are in a room? I mean, as many people fit on the train. I mean, it's more people than fit on the Simpsons ride, obviously. Um, right. I'm trying to think of like, yeah, I mean, that's basically the best thing that I can compare it to. It's just a little bit bigger. Um, and then you can get on the, um, you get on the train from there. And I, I just thought it was really cool. I thought it was a really cool effect having the, the screen kind of explode like that and having to walk through it into this other world. It really was like super neat. It uh, sounds cool. All right. Moving along. Um, number three. Smuggler's Run. I love this pre-show. Obviously, I do it's too. number three. I mean, 
that Hondo Onaka audio animatronic is out of this world. And his droid. Yeah, love the droid. Love the droid. Um, and then you have you know you get Chewbacca talking to him on the thing. Um, and when when the when the Hondo breaks down, they'll put Hondo up on the screen also. But I love that effect also when the Falcon comes flying in. Right. Like when it comes flying in over your head. It's it's a really cool pre-show. I just you know you've heard Hondo's voice up to this point. You God, the only thing that could make that ride better for me would be if they somehow managed to fit Obi-Wan in it and you got Hondo because my favorite Hondo moments are when he's dealing when Obi-Wan's dealing with him. Right. Like, Kenobi! I can't ever say what? That'll never happen. It will never ever happen. I know, but because Obi Wan's dead at this point, but like, it'd be great if Obi Wan's Force Ghost just gets summoned and he's like, "Oh, what's what's going on? What are I like, Kenobi?" Because <laughs> I love how Obi Wan just hates him. Right, it's great. Um, it, God, by the way, there's another thing to binge: is the Clone Wars because this last season they're doing is awesome. Well, what? I mean, it, it got awesome. Yeah, I mean, I like the Bad Batch. Yeah, I, I want to like the Bad Batch. I thought the Bad Batch was really fun. I want to like it. I didn't watch the Ahsoka arc. Okay, well, see, that's why you think it's so great. And by the way, I don't hate the Ahsoka arc. I thought it was fun, but it's it's just filler. That ninth episode, though? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, Wonderful. I, can't, I can't wait for tomorrow to see more. It's crazy. Fridays have become the uh, let's sit down and watch Clone Wars day. Yeah, oh, it's so good. Um, and it's going to directly tie into the Mandalorian too, which I also love. But we're we're talking about Smuggler's Run still. Um, great, great pre-show, and and I like how Hondo. Like, if if there are people that have ridden the ride before, Hondo can sense it through the RFID through the magic band. He's like, ah, some of you have ridden for me, flown for me before. I think that's great. Yeah, I was on it one time where he was like, ah, oh, first timers, all of you. And I'm like, wait, no, not me. But yeah, I don't know. My magic band has has a weird time. Sometimes like I, I don't get my Haunted Mansion pictures. Oh, well, that's not good. Yeah. The only way I get my Haunted Mansion pictures is if I ride with somebody that like, like I'm connected with on my Disney experience. Um, number two, speaking of oh, great segue, the Haunted Mansion. Now this, it, look, in a world, in, in another world, this would have been number one. If we did this podcast in the 70s. If we did this podcast a year ago, it would have been number one. Yeah, definitely. But I mean, number one, we'll, we'll get to it. But the stretching room is so iconic and so wonderful. And just it just sets the mood so well. For what you're about to experience. I mean, and when you get that magical stretching room where there's not a lot of people, so you're not really scrunching with people and nobody talks along with the ghost host and nobody screams when the lights go out. That's a perfect Disney experience. That's a magical moment. You put a star on your calendar that day because it's a rare occurrence because it's usually crowded. Everyone speaks along with the ghost host, which I hate. And yeah, or, or somebody's kids scared. So they put the light on their phone on. Right. To, to I'm like, if your kid's afraid of the dark, don't take him in the Haunted Mansion. <laughs> um, and the people screaming are the worst. I think they're, they're, I, I, I can't stand when people scream because they, they terrify all the kids and it's just not cool. Um, but and I'm talking a lot about why I hate 
<laughs> the stretching room, but the stretching room, the portraits are iconic. The speech is obviously iconic if everyone knows every word to it and speaks along with it. It, it just does so much for, for, it's like the one legitimately scary moment of the haunted mansion. Yeah. I mean, especially if you've never done it before. I, my first you time doing that, I was, I was scared. I remember being scared also. It's yeah. funny. Um, and of course, like, I just love the mechanic of, of the, the room and how it stretches and how, like, in Walt oh, Disney yeah. World, the ceiling goes up. In Disneyland, it's an elevator that goes down. Uh, great. You're, you're sitting there in a haunted mansion room right now. I know. It's crazy, right? Yeah. I love that. You got that wallpaper. Like, that's amazing. Where'd you get that wallpaper from? Um, the joys of the internet. Oh. Cause I didn't think Disney sold that. I mean, do you have I, all I three hitchhiking ghosts there? Like, how big are those? Yeah. Uh, Ezra's like 36 inches tall. Have you posted like, that? Have you posted them in the, um, in the, I did. In, in the group yet? I did. Okay. So if you yeah. want to see what I'm talking about, guys, you can go into our Facebook discussion group, facebook.com slash group slash two men in the mouse. Pete's been posting all of his haunted mansion, um, collection and his haunted mansion tattoo sleeve in there. And it's, it looks all looks amazing. And I'm glad that you're interacting in there now. Look at that. I know I'm so bored being, uh, basically not working yeah. that I'm like, I'm going to do something. Okay, so, ready for number one? I mean, you already know what it is, folks. Flight of Passage. No. Um, <laughs> number one on both lists. Um, it, it's Rise of the Resistance. It's there, And it's not even close. Yeah, I, I can't imagine a time where, where... I mean, I hope there is one, but I can't imagine a time where we're not going to think this is number one. It is a pre-show that has a ride in it. Because when you're in that transport and you get captured by the Star Destroyer, that's a ride. That's like Star Tours. A less right. hectic version of Star Tours where you don't have to wear a seatbelt. But... And then the pre-show continues on with the... Because um... I don't count the ride starting until you are buckled into the vehicle and you get to keep your hands, arms, feet, and legs inside at all times. So your pre-show... You... Actually, the pre-show has so many parts. It starts off with BB-8 and the Ray hologram. Then it goes uh-huh. outside where you get into that transport. Then you're in the transport. You have that Star Tours dogfight where you get captured by the Star Destroyer and Poe Dameron leaves you to die. Um, and then whoa, whoa, whoa. he's going to come back. And then you're in the Star Destroyer in the hangar with all the stormtroopers and the TIE fighter and the cast members just knocking it out of the park with their acting. Like absolutely right. amazing. And then yes, you go, you, you're marching in the detention center. You're in another line technically. They separate you into the color, into the color groups and then put you in the jail cell. And then you get another pre-show with Kylo Ren and, um, and Bill Weasley, uh, General Hux. And then the resistance burns through the jail cell and then you get on the ride. I mean, there's right. nothing like this. There's never been anything like this. Yeah. I, I, this is what I mean. It gives me hope that like 20 years from now, like rides are just all, you know, blowing our minds. And that's why, like, it's such a long experience because the pre-show is so long. Yeah. It's, do you think they have, like, more than one of those, like, hangar bays? Those Death Star uh, hangars? No. No? Yeah, maybe not. No. It looks like they're letting about 24 people out onto that. You're probably only in the actual Stormtrooper part for... Seconds. Two and a half. Yeah, it's probably two minutes. Yeah. Depending on how quickly you move, because a lot of people like to take their time in there. Right. 
And like that hangar with like the screen where like it goes out into space and you see the other ships flying by. Like it is just, I can't wait till you get to experience that for the first oh, time. Oh, me too. It, it's so neat. Um, <clears throat> and like, you know, and, and not to, not to throw a universal curveball in there, but there are great pre-shows at universal also. Um, yeah, the, the, I really love the pre-show for Gringotts, for example. Yeah, I mean, the Harry Potter stuff is the first thing I thought of when we were just talking about um, Rise, because I, I really do like that also. I wouldn't, uh, based on our rules, I wouldn't count Forbidden Journey for pre-show, for a pre-show, because all of the stuff happens in the line. No, you're right about that, but man, that's a cool line. It really is. It really is cool. Um, I'm trying to think of other ones right now, and I'm, I'm going to draw. Oh, I like the pre-show for E.T., Steven. Um, yeah, okay. It's okay. Like, come on. How meta is that with, with E.T. talking to Steven Spielberg? Yeah, it's great. Um, Then there's... Uh, oh, the Back to the Future had the best pre-show. Simpsons has a good one. Um, I don't remember if Kong has one or not because I hate that ride. But, like, just kind of going through in my mind. Yeah, I mean, there are some good ones. I Honestly, I, I brought this up on a whim, like without actually getting a chance to sit down and really think about it. So I'm kind of vamping right, right now. Um, but you know, there are good, there are, pre-shows are really becoming a thing. I, I believe there is a pre-show for Hagrid. I just haven't actually seen it yet. You haven't been on that yet? No, I haven't been on it yet. Every time I go to universal, it's got like a 200 minute wait and I'm not doing that for a universal ride. Now, had Rise of the Resistance had a two hundred minute wait, you bet your bottom dollar I'd have been waiting in that line. But hey, do you do you remember when uh, Galaxy's Edge was a bust because Hagrid had a two hundred minute wait oh, and yeah. no one cares about uh, Gal- Galaxy's Edge? The failure of Galaxy's Edge, yeah, that really where, worked out where are those well. Right? <laughs> the thing was, and I think it was smart the way they the way they opened Galaxy's Edge and staggered it because. Rise of the opening of Rise of the Resistance is when Galaxy's Edge hit like capacity every day. Like it became like what everyone thought Galaxy's Edge was going to be. And we got to experience it with low crowds once. You know, like uh, Yeah. That was pretty uh, you cool. know I've said a number of times I will never be able to replace the first time I went because it opened at six, we got there at seven, walked in with literally no one around. And really got to do it the right way. And I know that'll never happen ever again because, you know, now it's gangbusters from the first moment. <laughs> but I mean, you know, it, it all, like, I'll never be able to take away the first time I went, which was the opening day. It was so cool. Um, right. And, you know, I had, I had Morty and, you know, we were filming it. And that, that's what I love is I can relive that whenever I want through that video. Um, but I mean, it, it is, it's just, I can't even, put into words like the past the preview and then the opening day like galaxy's edge is not a failure in any way shape or form and anyone that thinks it is is like it's literally the people that like wants want the disney star wars to fail because they don't like the movies yeah no no i remember i just thought it was funny then when everyone's like oh it's a bust yeah i was like oh, okay yeah, huge bust <laughs> people are lining up at 5 a.m every single day to get in there huge bust yep um so uh, that's everything we got. All right. All right. So we got to do another show very soon. I want to start doing, I, I really would like to try doing multiple shows a week. Um, we'll see how that works out. Because, I mean, what are we doing, you know? For real. Um, but I hope you guys enjoyed it. And um, anything else you wanted to bring up 
this week? No, I just hope everyone's being safe and what's going on it over, serious. What's going on over at Rogue Comics? Are you doing online orders or can people like you know order any books that they want? Yeah, I mean, a little or? bit, but there's no real product at the moment, so it's kind have, of have Marvel and DC like like stopped putting out books like yeah yeah there's nothing kind of at the moment dc is trying to circumvent uh current distribution and keep putting stuff out which i know a lot of stores aren't pleased with oh i can imagine uh, but we'll see what happens yeah um all right well uh that's gonna do it for two men in the mouse this week folks thank you so much for joining us and we're glad to be back with you now that i have kind of a voice again thank you for bearing with that today um yeah i kind of held up i didn't really cough that much so yeah you did all right i'm happy uh, we will be back with you guys very soon. But in the meantime, uh, you know, when everything calms down, please check out Rogue Comics over in Cranford, New Jersey at 105 North Union Avenue, Cranford, New Jersey, 07016. Or go to RogueComics.com where there is a link to Pete's eBay store where you can buy a whole bunch of different uh, stuff from Pete up on there. If you're planning a trip to Walt Disney World, Disneyland, Disney Cruises, Adventures by Disney, any Disney resort throughout the known world, talk to our good friend and sponsor, Dave Weikert of Magical Travel, who will plan your Disney vacation for you at no additional cost to you. And of course, when you're on that vacation in Orlando, Florida, booked by Dave Weikert, make sure that you contact our friends at KingdomStrollers.com, who will rent you the crib or stroller of your dreams and deliver it right to you. Um, and folks, for me, please check out the Morning Monster YouTube channel. Now that I have a voice again, we're going to be doing some stuff. Obviously, can't we can't go to the parks, but Morty and I have been... Uh, Morty's been playing video games, actually. Oh, nice. Morty's been playing video games. He's been playing through Kingdom Hearts 3 and posting some videos of that. Like He's doing like a Let's Play kind of thing. Um, he has one coming out very soon where he, play, he tries to play the original NES Chippendale Rescue Rangers game. Cool. Yeah, um, it doesn't go well. Spoiler alert. Uh, that game is hard. Um, but, uh, yeah, so check that out over at YouTube.com slash Morty Monster. He's on Instagram at Morty Monster and Friends and Facebook at uh, Morty Monster. So, um, and, for, and for me, folks, my, my books, the Ross and Auntie series, makes for some good quarantine reading. Uh, and you can download it right to your Kindle. Um, and, you know, they're up there. Get, go for them. Go on Amazon, type in Kevin J. Kessler. You'll find the Ross and Auntie series books uh, one through three with a novella in between one and two and of course there's also Winters of Alnora Birth of the Dark Angel which I'm currently writing the sequel for so uh, check that out and uh, folks thank you so much for joining us again this and every week Pete any closing words let's do it again soon let's do it again tomorrow alright alright let's do it uh, folks please keep the magic alive every day of your lives be happy be healthy stay sane and stay safe during this time and we will see you next week on Two Men and the mouse. So there's a great big beautiful tomorrow Shining at the end of every day There's a great big beautiful tomorrow Just a dream away If you're standing, please hold on to the handrails and stay clear of the doors until the monorail stops completely and the doors open. If this concludes your visit, we hope you've had a wonderful time and will return home safely. Thank you for traveling with us.